everybody. Welcome back to your wrong. Hey, Luciano, what, uh, what's everybody wrong with this week? Uh, Matt, they are wrong about their favorite games or the best games of the year. And yeah. they're so wrong about it that they're even wrong about how to pick those games. Because most, most of the time when you say game of the year, people think, oh, the game came out this year. But like, who plays games like during the year how many games did you play that came out this year um i mean a couple but i'm not i'm i'm not rich that's just (laughs) it's not about being rich it's about like why would i buy a game now and i can wait a little bit and buy it cheaper right yeah but like you make that decision because if you if you listen i know this is going to be a spoiler to all of our podcasting fans but we haven't made big big bank off this show yet so we're not quite rich podcasters it's coming 2021 is definitely the it, year. yeah it's the year of your wrong for sure yeah definitely but you know like if you had a million dollars in the bank you'd probably care a little less about buying new games yes but you know if my experience playing cyberpunk is anything to go by you know I I am I am more sure now than ever that I should wait a little bit yeah. before playing a game. But we'll we'll get into that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. So, you know, how how about we, you know, show people the proper way of choosing a game of the year by choosing ours. All right. Well, this is your this is your jam, so you want to go first? Sure, why not? So, it, this is in no particular order because for the most part, games that I play, they're too different to compare. Mm-hmm. So I will start with the one that I played the most this year, which was Divinity Original Sin 2. And we talked about it a little bit uh, a few months ago, or yeah. quite quite a few months ago, when we were talking about what to do with you know our lockdown-free time. And I still stand by it. It is a great game. Um, it, the story is good. Um, it... It is one of the closest games that I've ever played on a computer that mimics a tabletop RPG. Obviously, there's always going to be limitations because, you know, you can't just have... There's no way to script or to even make some sort of an AI that allows you to do whatever, right? Right. Like, yeah. which, which is what you can do it, like in the tabletop. You know this better than most people. Like if you have all your, you know, nicely laid out plans and... You know, someone decides to, I don't know, go find out if there's a way to put a ballist on top of a cart. This is just hypothetical, obviously. Yeah, it's never definitely happened in our campaign. No, never, never. And, uh, but yeah, like, I I like the idea that, you know, decisions make a difference. Um, and sometimes decisions make a difference a long time in the future. And there's like little nuggets of, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. It's, it's pretty old game. Um, kind of, but I don't want to spoil anything, but like there's a decision you make depending on which character you pick to be your main character um, that you decide to do something. And then, you know, after that quest is done, you go about the world and you find out like consequences of, of what you've done. And the character kind of, it she, she takes it in, in this case, it's right. she, right? And she's like, oh my God, is this my fault? Right, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I didn't mention, I don't think, when I talked about it, is I thought it was an interesting way of making things a little bit less generic. Because normally on RPGs, on computer RPGs, 
you know, you have a lot of those problems of, you know, you're getting called by your last name because that's the only thing they can control. So, like, yeah. hey, Hawk or hey, Shepard, you know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. And and it's very generic in terms of what you've done. Like you can select sometimes backgrounds and shit, but it's still pretty generic. And Divinity gives you the option of choosing an original character, as they call it, which is a, like you don't get to pick the characters. Like you get to build, make its build and, and or their build or whatever. But it's the backstory is all there already. And then they can allude to that and they can call them by their name. There's a personality that's expected, blah blah blah, and I think I think that's a good way of making it more believable as a character. Yeah, it's the narrative story. Then you get to design your character from scratch, and and they have to work around you picking all of your random shit. Yeah, and and having to like they can know what your backstory is, right? Because there's no way of building it, and if even if there were, it's still pretty generic because you, you're going to have to make assumptions about, oh, they can p- pick one of these five options. And it's still pretty generic. Yeah, you're stuck with either being generic or you're not going to spend all those development resources on trying to make a dynamic story because at the end of the day, you're never going to cover it all. Yeah. And you're just wasting resources that can be used elsewhere and, and making a fun game that everybody can experience. Yeah, and, and like you're, you you want to spend your the bulk of your time making sure that the game you're playing now is fun rather than making sure that the backstory is consistent or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a good idea, and I, that's what I did. I played with one of the characters. And so, you know, there's a whole backstory there and, a, and a, a reason for that character to go into the adventure that they're going. Yeah. It just uh, I, I think we'll, I should say this now, even though we didn't cover it off the top. Ideally, we're not going to give away too many spoilers yeah. here. It's more of a... We enjoyed this. Why we enjoyed it, not uh, play this game because of all these cool incidences. Yeah, so. yeah. Because like, if we were doing a review of one game, then maybe, but not like, sure. yeah. So like that. That's like if I had to pick the one game that I'm, that was my favorite this year, would probably Divinity. Not because it's any better than the other two that were, that I'm gonna talk about later, but like just because of the sheer amount of time and fun that I had playing. It has bugs. It has problems. You know. It's there's some stuff that I still have to actually submit a, a ticket <laughs> because they're supposed to happen. Like there was this thing that I did towards the end and I get to the very end and they go, nah, bruh, we're going to try to murder you. I'm like, what? Why did I spend all that time doing the other thing? And the not so, murder stuff. Yeah. And then, so I posted that on the forum. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's a bug. Get the, the save games and send them to, to the guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah I, I there's probably a podcast in there about like why rpg games struggle um yeah they're they are built in such a different way from other games right and and you know we'll get you know we can get into a cyberpunk i'm sure everybody's familiar with cyberpunk challenges but when you design a game to have to be like 50 hours of of just straight line content and then potentially hundreds of hours of like side quests it's way more testing to make sure there's no bugs than if you design a game like even like destiny where it's an open world, but it's a very tight open world. So there's, they can test everything to a you know greater depth. Um, so I'm yeah. not surprised you found an error in, or a, a, a defect or a bug, however you want to call it. You can hear my work lingo coming out. When yep. I, it <laughs> I was going to say program from years of support to, to be politically correct it's a bug um, <laughs> but 
but I'm not surprised you found those in, in, in an RPG. And I think you have to, uh, I shouldn't say, I'm not, when I say you, I think I'm talking about all you people out there that are wrong. You have to come at it with, with a little bit more acceptance in terms of bugs. For RPG. sure. Yeah. Like you, you have to go in knowing that there's just too much content. And, you know, there's a there's an idea that, you know, and I'm not going to go into cyberpunk now, I'll go into it later, but like, oh, you know, how come this thing works so well and that other thing work, doesn't work that well and that third thing kind of works wonky? Well, that's because there's a bunch of people doing things separately and they're not like, there's not like a central thing, oh, I'm going to look at everything. It's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get a group, you know, a group of quests or a group of things or parts of the gameplay that was that was done maybe a little rushed, maybe, you know, with not as much scrutiny and then that's where the bugs come out it's yeah you have you have to be you have to go in knowing that that's going to happen I, I agree with you yeah how about you uh, um yeah i'm gonna do my or list and sort of what i rec- what i recall as my chronological order so it's not when they released it's when i played them yeah um the right way so, not the wrong way yeah this is the right way to do it so the first <laughs> one i'm picking is out of the park baseball 21 um it is a like baseball management simulation where you like draft players and play them and simulate and it you know calculates all the numbers and says whether you do good or bad. And it's pretty in depth because you have like multiple tiers of minors and you're drafting players and all that stuff. Um, and the reason why I put it as my game, one of my games of the year, if you'll call it that, is I was really jonesing for some sports when the pandemic hit, and you know we lost every sport imaginable. <laughs> and, um, as we should, obviously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I bet you can play chess over Zoom. It's not a sport. Um, wow. That's a listen. There's a podcast there. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh yes, um, there is. <laughs> it's that's an activity, a game, but not a sport. Anywho, um, but what I really got into the portion of it that I got into was they had this online mode where, and this is this is, this is how EA makes all their money. But you know, you can flame me on it after I finish talking about it. But I think it, I've know, done you, that on the REA episode. So, yeah, but like you get packs of cards and you build your team and and you earn you earn points for like doing different things in, in the season. So if you like if your guy gets player of the week, you get points. If your guy throws a no hitter, you get points. And so you collect up a bunch of points and you can buy cards at the auction house or you know use your points to buy packs of cards to get better players. And and there's obviously tiers of players, right? There's like diamond and gold and stuff. Yeah, I have one question for you. Yeah. Did you spend more money on cards than you did on the game itself? I don't think this is an indictment of me as a person. <laughs> okay, so the answer is yes. Carry on. I think we're just talking about the games and how much we enjoy them. Of course, I spent more money than I did on the game. <laughs> All right, carry on. I was trying to support a struggling uh, game dev studio or something. Whatever bullshit you need to hear from me. That a struggling dev studio as in Electronic Arts. No, no. Out of the Park Baseball is made by themselves it's it's oh, actually okay. not part of ea yeah okay that's uh, better yeah so it's a little facetious but yeah it's out of the park developments is what the company's called so um it kind of is a small developer in the sense it's not ea we'll leave it there um <laughs> yes it's not strong i know <laughs> so so the reason why i got into it um was when baseball wasn't no sports were happening that is they simulate seasons so you play against other people so like uh, it simulates a game or sorry, a week of games every hour, something like that. And so you could check back in to see how your team's doing. So it's like you were playing a season over a week 
So it kind of gave that that excitement of seeing, oh, waking up, seeing how your team is doing, making adjustments, seeing how you're doing. Um, and and the reason why I like that mode better than playing the offline mode was um, it was easy to get good players and play the right players. In in the other mode, you have to worry about contracts and drafting guys and then signing them and salary caps and the owner like having unrealistic expectations. Whereas the online one with the cards was just get the best cards, play the best team, win, advance in leagues. If you're good, if you don't, then you stay where you are, collect points, buy more cards. And so, you know, like that format works uh, to some degree, but it was really just a way to, for me to replace sports because now I, I could wake up in the morning and be like, okay, how did my team do? Oh, nice. We won some games. Now I can, you know, go on, on to the auction house and buy Mookie bets for, you know, 30,000 points so I can have a better player in my outfield as an example. So it's purely management. Like you don't get, don't actually play the game. You just manage the team. Yeah. Like you can, it, it, you can manage an in-game manage it. Like you could be like the on-field manager if you wanted to play it that, like that slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the online version, it's just, it simulates the games for you. So you set the rosters, you can set like, it's pretty in depth. So you can set like a lineup versus a left-handed pitcher, a lineup versus a right-handed pitcher, how often you steal, how often you'll bunt, like all the different things in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get into it that way. But you don't really like, you're not playing it. You're not playing against the guy, that sort of thing. Right. It's not like MLB 21 or whatever. No. Okay. Yeah. So it's all just simulated, but it was really just a nice replacement for sports. And I was pretty hooked into it for two or three months, just playing through and looking at my team get better and power up. And then I plateaued. And that's where it kind of, you know, if you're not getting lots of points, you're not being able to get new cards, get better players. It lost it lost my interest, but it was it was fun for that like from like March to to May or June, and then when they tar- started talking about sports coming back, then I had sports and I didn't need it anymore, so I left it on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Wow, that's <laughs> that's you know three months of, of fun for that. That's that's good. Yeah, and it was like the game was like twenty five bucks. There you go, thirty bucks. So it wasn't it was not like a it was a new game this year. Obviously, you know they always label them one year ahead for whatever reason. So out of the park 21 was for 20 so like this year in in 2021 it'll be out of the park 22 as an example but that's weird yeah i don't know sports like i know why like hockey does it because hockey has this thing where it's like half in 2020 and half in 2021 normally mm-hmm. so they take the future year but baseball doesn't do that so i, I, I don't know <laughs> okay i mean I I'll take your word for it because I I can't I can't see myself playing like even even with soccer like football like I have friends back home, uh, well they're not back home never mind they play football manager right which is the same mm-hmm. idea and I can't yeah. see myself playing that it's just this is not like I don't I just not for me but yeah if you yeah if you're really into sports and you always wanted to be like that guy's an idiot I could run this team much better than yeah. these games. And you so, turn out that maybe you can't. But. So I don't, I don't know if you know about this, but like in Brazil, there's a saying that, you know, there's 200 million, you know, soccer coaches in Brazil because everybody thinks they can <laughs> yeah. run the game better than the coach. I think it was a similar saying for every sport. Yeah. So it's not that I don't have those. I lo- Although I don't follow sports anymore as closely as I did. But yeah, like I... I can def. I always def- okay, like, What are you doing? Why are you putting that guy in? You know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, the second one that I wanted to talk about was was um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. And um, it was a surprise. It's interesting because I'll there was there's going to be some 
honorable and less than honorable mentions later, but <laughs> usually, honestly, Star Wars games are really like far and far and away. Like it's either a very good hit or a very good, like a very far miss. Yeah, usually the miss. Yeah, but Fallen Order was actually pretty good. So I had problems with the gameplay in terms of like there's some so i understand okay let me let me get into old man rent mode yeah all right so, so i understand you know shortcuts you have to make or concessions more than shortcuts you have to make in terms of realism or like logic <laughs> um to make sure the game works right cuz as much as people complain sometimes, you know, oh, this game is too hard. But like, if the game is too easy, it's also not fun, right? Generally, and yeah. And so, there's some stuff that 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 Fallen Order did, and let me get that out of the way first before I praise it. Which is the way that, and this is a problem I have: the way that you save games is always on checkpoints, which is not that uncommon, right? You Honestly, don't... like I know I'm cutting you off here, but. Checkpoints is the dumbest way. Yeah. Like, it's just dumb. It's artificially challenging. I hate it. Yeah, that's, same. That's my mini rant. And the thing is, on on Fallen Order, there's enough, or there are enough checkpoints that it isn't usually a problem. The problem is this. I don't know if you played. You played the game a little bit, right? I have not. It's on my list to play, but I just uh, never got to it. Okay, so like this is not really a super huge spoiler. So basically, what, what happens is you sit down at a specific meditation point mm-hmm. because you're a Jedi and you must meditate, of course. And and, and then you can like it saves when you do that, um, if I recall correctly. But if you want to okay. rest, and that's the only way to recover health, other than like using your healing stuff, which you know, there's a limited number. In the beginning, you get like two or something. Right. And, and then you can buy as like, as you advance, you can buy more. But it that also, it, you don't find them in the world, right? It's it's just uses. So you need, it's like an RPG, like in, in D&D, right? You need a long rest to recover those things. Here's the problem. Every time you rest, all of the enemies respawn. What? Why? Right? And like you could say that it made it would make sense if it's like wildlife. Sure, whatever. But like you just like further in the game you get, you know, the troopers that know how to deal with Jedi and those are some complicated fights sometimes. Yeah. And, and you get out of it like fucked up and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to go at rest here." And then they respawn. And like Usually you can just progress and and leave them behind you, but it's not all the time. Sometimes the 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 way to to kind of progress is circular in that you have a door right beside you and it's closed and you have to go the long way around and reopen that door. Mm-hmm. And then you get back to that old save point and you save and all the enemies you killed respond. So like that really tickled me the wrong way. But that was probably the main problem I had with the game. Is it? Is it just like a, a lazy way to create challenge? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because like we should have better ways mechanically now in games to make you feel challenged by playing it, not just if you yeah. sit and heal up, then you have to fight everything again, so don't bother doing it. 
Yeah, so it, it's a, you have to make a choice. Like, yeah, do you continue? You you learn pretty early in the game that if you just have a little bit, like if you're like at ninety percent, don't even bother healing because you're just gonna get fucked, right? Um, yeah. So so I think the question I have to ask here for our fans is like. This is supposed to be our games of the year. So do you want to say why you should play this game? Yeah, of course. Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll get okay. it. That's, I, that's what I said. I wanted to bash it before. Yeah, I, okay. I well, I so, mean, this is you were talking about. Yeah. So f- the story is really good. And it's really, like, it really appealed to the Star Wars nerd in me. Because, you know, you get to go to, I think, six different planets or five different planets. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, and all each planet has its own fauna, and like, you know, in you know how I am with like in-game codex or database or whatever you want to call it. So, <laughs> gotta read them. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it fills up, and it like gives you details on on like how they behave, and it's not really huge, but it's not just like this is a blah. No, it's like there's a there's some uh, like content there, and also you don't have to read it, but when you when you um, unlock, I guess you could say the the codex entry for for a, uh, an enemy, it gives you a bet like you you know it's like weak spots and all that kind of stuff, so it's easier to fight them going forward. You don't have to read it; just have to unlock it. So I thought that was a really clever way of like, you know, enticing people to go unlock those things, which is most of the time you just have to kill one and then you unlock it. But if you want to read it, there's a lot of information there. And that's for the fauna and for like the different kinds of troopers. And there's like, I don't know, 12, 14 kinds of troopers. And so it goes really into in depth into the stuff like that wouldn't work in a movie. And we talked about this a lot. Like, you know, some things you can't expand in in a movie you have to expand those things in a, in a medium that's more like involved and i think they did a great job there the characters are relatable not all of them but both of them uh the main the main character cal is actually even though he looks kind of derpy <laughs> you you kind of relate to him you know he, you can see his growth in terms of becoming less of a rebel teenager and more of like a jedi actually a jedi um it the when it gets to the end it's a bit contrived but you know this is star wars why what would it be if it if it wasn't contrived i mean not star wars that's for sure yeah but overall it's very it's fun to play the gameplay like 90 percent of the gameplay is fun like the fights fighting with the with lightsabers are fun the only problem there is most of the fights you do with other like force users are boss fights so it gets a little old there but like fighting everything else and like you know learning the abilities and running on walls and double jumping and like tossing your lightsaber and that kind of stuff so you feel like a badass jedi yes yes very early on too like you get to that's nice to see yeah you pull um like a stormtrooper in like slice him in half and it's like yeah that's fun right Nice. Yeah, that's great. So if I I can't recommend it enough if you're a Star Wars fan and you like Jedi, go, go play because it's a, it's like a good 40 hours of fun. Well, that's pretty long. Well, actually. for me, it was like something oh. like that. 
Yeah, I forgot. So it, like, it may be twenty. Still, I mean, that's pretty good. Good yeah. value, and I think you can probably catch it on sale now, based on. Yeah, and and it's it's uh, again on a period of you know the story that doesn't interfere with much. Yeah. Right. It's in between movies, and or in between. I think it's in between trilogies. I don't recall now exactly where. Yeah, I think it's right before the main trilogy. I don't remember now. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. It, it, if you like Star Wars, you're gonna enjoy it. Well, I think you can actually like um, if on Game Pass, if I'm not mistaken. So if you have Game Pass, you can get up in it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How about you? Uh, number two for me is actually going to be a game called Cloud Punk. Oh yes, you mentioned this. Yeah. Hi, April, May, June. I don't know. Somewhere in that time frame, it came up. Maybe July. Time is irrelevant at this point for the last year. <laughs> um, when we were all jonesing for Cyberpunk to come out and it wasn't coming, um, I picked up Cloud Punk. It was sort of a indie release on Steam. I think twenty bucks. Um, it you know it's an indie release. It's, I wouldn't give it a ten. I probably give it maybe an eight, avoiding the coward's, num- coward's number. Um, and the, the basic premise of this is that you are in a cyberpunk world and you are a cab driver for Cloudpunk. That's the company you work for. And you go around delivering packages and picking up people and doing things. It's open world, so you can kind of drive where you want and do what you want. But there are sort of story missions that kind of run the run a thread through it all. Um, but it's a pretty fun game. They really, because of its small nature and you're just driving around like a 16-bit car, they were able to construct sort of the cyberpunk world you would expect to see from like Blade Runner, not Johnny Mnemonic. I think Johnny Mnemonic's a little too like dark and gritty. I'm trying to think of other like future worlds that had cyberpunk elements to it. A little fifth element. Maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it's dark and it's got the bright lights and you have to gas up your car and there's, you know, achievements and stuff. And the storyline is interesting. It's kind of future, future fun. Um, it was enjoyable. It was, it was a nice, it was a different game. It sort of had the, the voice acting, they had lots of voice acting. The voice acting was probably a six, depending on who <laughs> you got. <laughs> they struggled a bit. Um, but it was just a really fun game to sort of have that cyberpunk experience. Uh, it was very low key. Driving around just felt nice. Um, and because it was kind of a 16, 16 bit, probably, is, like I said, is accurate. Um, it, you know, you could drive around, you could go fast, you hit people, no big deal kind of like bumper cars. You got damaged eventually and you had to repair, but um, yeah, it was just a fun little game that had just enough content. I probably maybe it was like 10 hours to finish it all, maybe less. Um, but it hit at a time where it was like nice to play a not a not shooter game, sort of an RPG, open world RPG that wasn't long, wasn't involved. You could just dip in and dip out and it's very relaxing to, to play. Right, yeah. And I was just looking at the screenshots and so on and so forth gave me a very strong like blade runner feel yeah yeah i would say closest to blade runner certainly not like cyberpunk from the brief hour i played before it destroyed my computer (laughs) Uh, that is most definitely literal people just you you know it broke my power supply yeah (laughs) cyberpunk didn't lean super hard into these sort of cyberpunk worlds the other game the other actually show i'm thinking of now is um Altered Carbon really embraced the cyberpunk world. 
Yeah, so Cyberpunk 2077 looks a lot more like Altered Carbon than it does pure like Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, I'll 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 cover it in a bit, but yeah, there is, you know, Cyberpunk is sort of like a a stitch of uh several like it came from several different like works, right? That kind of built that world. But but the game it it banks really heavily on the tabletop uh cyberpunk 2020 um aesthetic let's call it yeah 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 so so cloudpunk was a good just a good chill game to like you are always going to win it you know like it didn't take effort to to play it Right, so like, like a casual. I like the I like this like the environment and the feel of it. So I'm just gonna yeah. kind of enjoy myself. And it was just long enough that if it had been longer, you'd start probably start to get bored of it and or see cracks start to 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 show up at the scene the the sort of the seams. But because it was only like maybe less than ten hours, if I'm honest, um, you were done it before you really got bored of it. So That's really good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you can keep teasing this. Um, is is your third game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I mean, yay! It got an award finally. <laughs> yeah. So I, where do I start? So I think there's. So let, let's 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 start with the good then, because I start with the bad before. Okay. What, can you sandwich it? Sure. I'll try. Yeah, it might it might be an open face sandwich, but we'll see. That's not a sandwich, but continue. Yeah. Um, so this is likely the game with the most attention to detail that I have ever played in my entire life, and I mean that as a huge compliment. Like, and and I I think we once we once your power supply isn't scared anymore of the game and you have played, I think we owe it to ourselves and to our you know listeners to have. A longer conversation about cyberpunk itself and yeah. not just the game as a game but like all of the shit around it mm-hmm. um but just an, as a as a small sort of like preview of that conversation it's like the attention to detail is incredible and like things like for example there's a character that you meet that becomes important like a side character and okay um, the way her clothes work, you can see, you know, part of her like hip from even when she's dressed. And her sorry, her penis hip. No, the actual hip. Okay, just checking. <laughs> know who's and, through. and you know, at one point you're doing a quest with her, and she gets shot or she gets hurt, and you know, you see her bloodied on that part of the skin that shows, and then. You know, she calls you 12 in-game hours later and there's a scar there in the same place. Like, it it was not necessary. You didn't have to do it. Nobody would complain about it, but it's there. And it's that kind of like little, you you know, there's like side quests where you find out that some AI took over a company, which is the most cyberpunk thing you can actually have, right? Yeah, just companies and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like they they get this AI and it goes kind of rogue and it takes over the company, buys the company from the owner. It's amazing, actually. But if you go through the computers on 
there when you're doing that quest and you read the messages, like you get the whole like story behind, oh, you know, people are getting fired and like they were getting replaced and getting angry and Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. about So like, it's so much detail if you want to get into it. Right. And, and the, the story, the main story, I, I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about this with our, with our friends. And I think the best way that I can describe the story is it's anemic, the main story. And, and I haven't completely finished it yet, but I'm almost at the end. But what I mean by that is not that it's bad, but it's so thin. Like if you just go through the main story, it's too fast and it's there's too little of the world in there. Really? Yeah. So like and and the game does a mediocre job at holding you back from the main story. Sometimes you get to a point where it says pursue other leads or wait for blah 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 to call you. Which is the game's way of saying go do side quests, basically, right? And but it's if you just do that, like if you play the game going from main quest to main quest to main quest it's going to leave you wanting more, which maybe is what they want. But like maybe the way that I play, which is like an insane person going through all of the side quests and like the open world stuff that there are in there, you know, um, you get a lot more out of it. Right. And what I really liked in that case was that they showcased different parts of the the cyberpunk sort of like ethos and in the the even the mythos of it. I, I'm liking Latin or Greek today for some You're reason. You're stuck there. Um, so like you know how you can like we were just talking about it. And this is why it reminded me of it. like you can you have Blade Runner cyberpunk, cyberpunk yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. and then you have you know John Mnemonic. Cyberpunk, yeah. and you have other carbon, which is kind of a stitching of a bunch of them. But you also have Neuromancer, yeah, right. And they have all of that there, right? It, the, in the yeah, main okay. story, yes, but like in the side story, so you get the really dark, like Neuromancer, sort of like this is fucked, and you know the world is a piece of shit, and yeah, human life is cheap, and corporate <laughs> corporations do not give a shit. So like I was just doing a quest just now before we recorded and it's like um given the optimization that we're running through in the in the corporation go through with the terminations and you know all of the cyberware has to be returned and increase security and also uh you know know that it is by law that you can shoot people if they trespass like it's you're like what a shit like awful world this is right yeah and so I think the game does a good job of that. Yeah. Uh, just just so our listeners know that we're not idiots. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, John and Monica is very loosely based on Neuromancer. Uh, yes. There's there's like, I think there's another, I don't remember now. There's another work that it's based off of. But yeah, there's a lot of Neuromancer on Jenny Mnemonic. Yeah. I think that's where the darkness comes from. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But so like, it's very good. The story is very good, and CD Projekt Red is good with those kinds of things. But I, do you remember how in a, a few episodes ago you said you know the the showrunners for Game of Thrones aren't really like 
creative on their own. They have to work off of something. I think it shows in here is the same thing because they did a much better job with The Witcher and the story is a lot tighter because it's a book and not like just an RPG system. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like um, blandness in the story as well. If we're going to veer into the bad. So, so at a high level, before you veer into the specifics of the bad, would you say it's um, like The Witcher is a better game overall, just from from the story wise? Yes, yeah, yeah. story wise, yeah. yeah. Uh, gameplay wise, they're similar. They're like there's stuff about The Witcher's gameplay that I don't like, and there's stuff that I really like. Um, and the same, I can say the same for Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I think CDPR does not know how to do is character progression. Yeah. Every single one of their games is bad in that sense. There's always like, why is it this way? So like from, from a, you're leveling up standpoint or from a, um, how do you make yourself better standpoint? Both, both. Okay. So, you know, I don't know if you played the first feature, but like the first feature, the way that you character was awful. You had this like talent, like it wasn't really a tree. It was like a weave. And, and you had to buy the bronze talents before you could buy the silver talents, before you could buy the gold talents. And like, you didn't really know how it would affect the game. And this is, this has carried throughout almost all of the Witcher. Even in Witcher 3, you had those, like the way that you, that you like level up your abilities. It was like, yeah, but I wanted that one as well. But no, but you can't have that one because you need those three other ones first that are completely useless. That kind of stuff. The same thing is kind of right. here. Yep. The problem here with Cyberpunk is you you level up attributes. The, each attribute has two or three skills, and each skill has a has a bunch of perks. And you like one thing that I liked is you level up a skill by using it, which is something that's missing in a lot of, if not all of RPG games and makes I, sense. I generally prefer, prefer that method over the, mm -hmm. put a talent into it. I, I talent, agree. I yeah. agree. The talent one, like I get why people do the talent one because then it lets you pick your play style. But I like the leveling one because it's like, it just adds to, to the, the world building, right? Yeah. The problem is like it, it gives you every time you level up a skill. It, so the skill is limited to the ability. Or the attribute. So if you have like twelve intelligence, you can't get thirteen quick hacking. For example, you have to wait. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that each time you level up a skill, it gives you something, either a perk point or like bonus and something or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then and then you have the perks, and the perks you can buy anywhere as long as you have like it doesn't matter where you got the perk point from, you can buy it anywhere. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. First of all. There's been reports all over the place that some of the perks don't work or some of the, at the, the stuff like increased crit chance doesn't work properly. So why would you buy that? That's yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if it's true, true. but like it, it gives you kind of like, it makes you kind of step back and say, do I spend my, my hard earned perks in this? And you can buy them anywhere, which is good, but you don't really know like, do I need this? Do I not need this? And sometimes there's a perk in something you're not using a lot that affects everything that is really useful, but you can't get there because you haven't gotten the. So you see what I mean? But the worst part is you can respect, you can, 
but only perks like respect attributes for yeah okay for people who haven't played you can once you put your attributes in a, in a section it's done it's done yes and so dumb <laughs> like yeah a lot of bugs too i have a question here because go for it just I, I just i'm curious because we're talking about this and i don't want to get too far into like the controls nitty-gritty of cyberpunk because i think it's a like you said it's a podcast for another time but does it seem like they expect people to play through this multiple times and there's yes. like a lot of customizability per or like variance in that customization yeah so that's it's a good tag into what i wanted to talk about which is the problems with the conception of the game i guess is the way of putting it yeah. which is they so a lot every triple a game wants it to play it multiple times sure right and, and this is something that i found refreshing from like cloud punk that you said you know you just play it once and you're done when you're done you're done and you and that's it and it's you know and and i like that i like that the game knows it's going to end at some point yes and cyberpunk does not know that they, like you have you know you you started the game so you know you have three sort of like life path choices as they call them nomad street kid and corpo and they they definitely vary in enough in there in terms of story that you know there is enough replayability there i'm not one to do that i'm just gonna do it once and that's it probably i'm gonna play the pre the, like the prologue probably all three of them but that's it sure um but yeah they definitely want to want you to focus like i haven't done that they definitely want you to focus on one or two attributes and leave the other ones in the dust basically and so when you play again you have another way of playing it yeah so i didn't do that i i'm leveling up all almost all of them together so that helps in some respects but it like it cuts me off from other things like i'm level 40 now okay and there's still stuff I can't do because they expected me to have some attribute in 15 or 18 or 20, and they're all like at like 13. Right. So they built an open world game where you can do whatever you want, except you what can't. you're doing now. Yeah. So you're, you're doing the one thing you shouldn't be doing. The, the good thing is there's never just one way, almost never one way of doing things. Um, some side quests you're blocked from until you get to a certain level of a certain ability, but it's never like 15. It's like, six or eight which you're almost definitely going to get to that's good but the last thing that i want to say and i want to leave you to to talk about your last game is there's a lot of a lot of a lot of bugs i'm gonna say okay, a lot of bugs S none of them super game breaking that i found yeah but a lot of them piss you off and uh, not just bugs in terms of oh the, I, I went in there and this didn't trigger or you know, I clicked this thing and it didn't work. There's that too. But yeah. other other little usability things, like for example, this is like you you press M on a game that has a map, it opens the map. Like 99% right. of the time, right? You press M again, what happens? It should go away. Yeah, that's not what happens in Cyberpunk. It what? gives you a free roaming mode on the map that I've why never would, used. Why would I need that? Or right? if I need why don't I get that automatically? Or why don't I get like another, like a shift M or whatever, and let me close the map with M. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of those, those little things. You press I, it opens the main like inventory menu. Yeah. And press I again, it doesn't close. So I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question as, as your friend. And as a, a speaker of all the humans in the world, 
mm. especially the ones that listen to this podcast, representing them. Why did you fucking continue to play this game if it's so buggy? Because it's fun. So you're saying the funness, the enjoyment you got out of it definitely outweighed the buggyness. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't be playing. Like, if it was unplayable or if it was so annoying that, that you know, I couldn't play, I wouldn't be playing. So there's four parts fun, one part me being obsessive with things. Let's, let's put it that way. So five out of five. five yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of five, it's four parts fun, one part obsessiveness. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 fun enough, at least for me. Like I like the story, I like my character, like the way that I I get to build it in in a way. You know, I can be ruthless or I can be compassionate or I can be something in between. I get to choose how I do things. You know, I'm not gonna kill civilians, but I'm you know if you're a gang goon like they call them there, like if you're in a gang, you're you know it's free for all. Right. And you know, I I chose like if I see scavengers, I just kill them. I don't doesn't matter if there's a quest or not. I just kill them because they're bastards. And so you get to build your character. Even if it's just for you, you get to RP as as such. And, and so that's fun. The gameplay, 90% of it is fun. Driving around is kind of annoying unless you're in a, in a bike. A bike is fun. So it's a fun game. It's Right now, it's an 8 out of, for, out of 10 for me. Um, it's definitely not what CDPR said. Oh, it's ga- you know generation-defining game. No, it's not. Sorry. Uh, it needs to improve a lot to be that, but it's still a pretty fun game. Yeah. Okay. So like it's fun. And just so we're clear, you played on the favored machine of the PC, right? Yeah, of course. And, and just as a last note, I am a, a 184 hours in 52% of the achievements done. I guess there's another 60, 70 hours maybe for it in it probably for now um, yeah if i'm gonna do everything i want to do so okay. even though i paid full full price and i did it's, i mean you know it's a lot of fun for like 80 bucks if you if you're talking about you know price per or value per hour you certainly got it yeah <laughs> but then i usually do well i'm gonna make this the most brutal segue of all time and talk about value per hour uh and and world of warcraft are- yeah, thank you for spoiling. <laughs> I mean, anybody that knows you. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've made my grand return to World of Warcraft uh, with the Shadowlands expansion. Um, it's been great. Uh, I'm shocked at how good it is. The idea to have four factions that kind of control what you're doing—you get to pick one and live in that one—and shocker to you, I don't, I don't know if you'll find this a shock, but I picked the the Revendreth, which is the basically the vampire one. Um, wow, it is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it was when I looked up the best best ability for like a, a retribution paladin. I um, it was the best one to have the sort of red thing on the ground. Uh, but also, I just I really liked the book, like the the way they did it. It looks really cool. It feels really cool. the The whole world is like it's gothic. You know, it's it it's a little stereotypical if you're honest with it. But but for some reason, it just all works as it ties together. Um, and it's been a lot of fun and I've been doing mythics. Um, so just, just before oh, you go into what yeah. you've been doing, just for the, you know, our listeners who aren't necessarily a hundred percent familiar with, you know, how Shadowlands work, can you, uh, expand a little bit more on like, what is the expansion about this time? Like quickly? Oh yeah. Uh, so effectively what's her name? Sylvanas. 
Thank you. Sylvanas broke the uh, crown for the Bolvar was wearing, the crown of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. So uh, by doing that, she basically shattered the world. And now there's a direct connection between the sort of mortal world and the shadow world. And in the shadow world, there's these sort of four stages of, of sort of life uh, or hell. It's probably a better way to put it. Four stages of hell that uh, souls who have done bad things have to go through to be redeemed. And depending on how bad you are, you get pushed down to X floors. Uh, this is going to get a little nerdy, but who cares? Um, God, what dragon was it? Uh, Yisra. Yisra is on the second world. It's sort of Ardenwild, which is like the druid nature one. So you have to do some quest lines that releases her from from her existence into the world to help her, you know, get past the the misdeed she did. Uh, down cool. in the Revendreth, which is the one right before you go to hell, um, we, I had to just help uh, Kalthas um, redeem himself for trying to sign well us all and kill all the blood elves seventeen thousand times over. So you get a nice touch of history. Um, in terms of the, you know, historically the the characters who have died or have been big bads, and you can see them coming back. And there's a second through line of there's this thing called Torghast, and it's a it's, it's a roguelike. Basically, you go in, you get powers, you add powers, and you collect uh, soul dust to build legendary weapons. It's it's a fun idea. They still got to tweak it a bit because it takes a long time. Like you're talking like an hour potentially, so it needs to be a bit faster. But it's fun to pick powers and kill things, and you get stuff out of it. Let me uh, let me let me stop you right yeah. there. Okay, you have played WoW during vanilla, and you're telling me an hour is too much at WoW when you I'm sure you've done BRD runs that took five hours. I I'm old now. I, I <laughs> there's more things to do. That's what you know. What it is it's a, I don't want to spend an hour on one. Fair enough. Now. Fair enough. Mythics, you know, you run around a mythic dungeon that takes an hour and a half, and that's okay. It's just Torghast feels like it should, because you only get soul dust out of it, right? Whereas when you're running a mythic, you get, you know, depending on how you run them, if you just do a straight dungeon, you get three or four bosses, so there's three or four chances of loot. And when you do the mythic plus stuff, it's a time thing, and if you hit the timer, you get three items. If you do it really fast, you get four. If you do it super slowly, you get two, right? So there's still... There's risk reward, but you get more than one thing. So that's where Torghast sucks is you get one thing out of it, but it right, takes a right. long time. So you're saying it's a new kind of a new game mode or a new play mode that, you know, the time you spend isn't worth the rewards. Yeah, it, it just needs to be more balanced. Okay. But there's just tons of stuff to do. Um, I don't play an alt a lot. Uh, to give you sort of an indication of how, how much I, I don't play an alt, uh, looking at my time played, uh, let me just click on it here since I have it open. There we go. Um, in total, for my entire WoW career, I've played 239 days and 15 <laughs> hours. Um, and, and if you've never played WoW, um, when I say days, that is like 24 hours yeah. I've played. So it's not like you play eight hours and that adds up to a day. It's literally 24 hours. So it's 239 times 24 plus 15 would be the total time if, if you like to do math. Um, but of that, I have spent 196 days and six hours on my main character. So I don't spend a lot of time on alts. Um, and and there's still been tons of stuff to do with this expansion the whole time. And it's just been really fun to to reconnect with old friends from from my guild who are still around and play with new people. But uh, it's been great. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, everything that was fun about it is fun. Um, 
and it's it's been you know that I, I'm interested to try some of the other worlds to sort of get into them except Bastion because I think Bastion sucks. But uh, Ardenweald or Maldraxxus are, are two I'm very interested to dig into more on an alt. Um, do you want to explain what those are? So they're the different Shadowlands. Um, ah, okay. Each of the layers. So the top layer is Bastion, and and the feel of that is like an, angelic. Um, Uther is there, and he kind of like he's supposed to like let go of of uh, what's his face, Arthas's whole jam, and instead. When Arthas dies, he makes sure he goes to hell. Um, and so that was two warring factions in Bastion, the, the angels and the Uther. That's very Paladini of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the one down from that is Ardenweald. And Ardenweald is like druidic, nature-y. Um, and then the one down from that is Maldraxxus. Um, and Maldraxxus is very orcish. It's very war-focused uh, combat. There's like a combat arena, that sort of stuff. And then, uh, then the last one's um, Revendreth, and that's the vampire one. And that's right before the the mall, which is where the the jailer lives. And the jailer is like the big bad right now. Mm. Um, so they have like there's like three of them. the The leader of the Reven Revendreth, he's the first rage at Castle Nathria, and then I suspect the jailer will be the second. I don't know if we'll get to Sylvanas on this expansion or not. Uh if if you know past expansions or anything to go by it will likely be a last patch boss like the last tier yeah if anything yeah yeah so it's been a lot of fun and i i can't recommend enough if you've been staying away for some reason oh i you know i can't play wow anymore you can but no i cannot you have to put 250 hours into like a buggy game. Uh, I mean, that's not even the reason. Like, WoW's <laughs> gonna be there after <laughs> I'm done with Cyberpunk. It's just sure. I. It becomes a job for me. Like well, I, I end up doing. You know, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to go on my alt and I have to. You know, raise you know raise all of my professions to max and I have to. Uh, I just it just. As much fun as I have, especially if we get like a good guild where you can raid and people are fun, it's a lot of fun, but it's so time consuming. Like it's ridiculously time consuming for me. And I see you guys, I see you guys talking about it and I kind of live vicariously through that a little bit, but I can't, I just can't. I'll have to stream a, a mythic for you. See if yeah. you can pique your interest. I mean, my interest is peaked. <laughs> suck you back in then i guess is the word we're going for. maybe i don't know i i don't yeah. i don't see myself doing it but yeah you, who knows all right uh, but yeah so just before we close we're almost at time here um i just wanted to make some honorable mentions that um <clears throat> so the first one is a bad honorable mention dishonorable mention if you will why is it dishonorable? Because you hated it? Well, I hated it, no. It was disappointing. It was just Star Wars Squadrons. Yep. So I don't know if you were, but I was a huge X-Wing versus TIE Fighter fan back in the day. And I was so excited for it. And the game is so boring. So boring. So much so that I was planning on playing it for Extra Life, and I didn't. Like I did the story mode. It was boring. Like The story was... Generic. Ugh. 
so generic. The characters yeah. are so generic. The the way that you get the story is just by talking to people, and it's oh, it's terrible. Like gameplay of actually flying the ships and whatnot is okay. Mm-hmm. But like it's like they wanted it to be grander than it is. Like I mean, people for people to get into it, like you do with like you know shooters, where you're like, oh, I like this, and I do like I I have to do this thing, and you know, time that other thing right, and it's just you no, know, you just it's not fun, right? It's it's boring. If you're gonna, I gotta speed you up here. If you're gonna take a minute or two for every one of your dishonorable mentions, we'll be like an hour and a half. So. Yeah, no, I'm just done with that. Do you have another? Do you have one you want to mention? I have a dishonorable mention. Um, no, I can't think of one off the top of my head. The ones where I played and I didn't like it, I just stopped playing them immediately and banished them from my mind. <laughs> yeah, um, another honorable mention for me was the Talos Principle. It's a puzzle game. It's not that. It's like not that new, actually. It was the story. It's weird because it's creepy, but it's very compelling. The story. The puzzles are mostly fun, with the exception of the ones that have the fucking minds. I hate those things. (laughs) Um, The only problem I had was I played it on Game Pass and it went out of Game Pass. Oh, yeah. And I can't retrieve my save game. Yeah, that's really annoying. So I'm not sure. Like, it's going to take a while for me to play again and play all the yeah. way back. I was almost done with it. Maybe when it comes back to t- onto Game Pass, it's about the only way you could do it. Or if there's like a sale, because I bought it on Steam for like five bucks, so that's right. fine. But if it comes, if it goes on sale on Xbox for like I don't know, ten bucks, maybe I'll buy it just to finish it. But it is a lot of fun. It is a good game. I'm actually looking forward to the second game. And on the, there's like expansions on it that I might play at some point. Yeah. But it was just disappointing as fuck to not be able to finish it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good warning to everybody if you're playing shit on on a, a service where they don't own the game. Like yeah. whether it's Game Pass or you play or whatever else those things are out there are. Um be aware that if it, it might go away and get your shit finished. Yeah. So that's my main honorable mention, yeah. Yeah, I have a bunch of them here, and I don't go into them in any, any major detail, but I really enjoyed playing NHL 21. I played that for like a month straight. Um, it was fun this year. I don't recommend it buying it every year, but maybe every second or third year, you'll get some good enjoyment out of it. Uh, also, Among Us, I think, amongst all of our friends. True, true. Well remembered, yes. It, it's a fun game. It was fun to play with your friends and just fuck with them for a little bit. But you can't <laughs> do it in person. You can do it psychologically. It was great. Um, all the Jackbox games have been really helpful to to stay connected with, with friends and family in a way that's not like sitting on a Zoom call and all trying not to talk over each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all recognized that having more than like you know, four people on a Zoom call is fucking the worst experience of all time. Yeah. Also, people don't realize, and this is a sort of a small tangent, but people don't realize that when you have a group of people in person and you're talking over each other or talking together, it's one thing. But if you're doing that over Zoom, it's not because people can't hear what you're saying. And it's it gets really noisy and annoying and makes you want to punch the monitor. But carry on. You just can't break into side side groups easily. Yeah. Uh, um, and the last one I have on here is Spiritfarer. Um, and that's that genre of game where, you know, it's like you're building and farming and doing all sorts of, all sorts of things. But um, with Spiritfarer, you're trying to taking spirits, um, you're guiding them to heaven. Um, 
really fun art style, really fun game mechanics. Um, even though they're kind of traipsing on the same sort of, you know, farm building and stuff, they did it in a really imaginative way. Um, so that was really fun as well. So those are my honorable mentions. I'm sure there's other ones. Uh, you know, Borderlands 3 was fun. That's true. It's it's more fun because we're playing together than it is because the game is actually fun. Like the story is not like it's thin. Fine. It's a six. And yeah, it's a six. It's the, the, I agree with that. It's the characters are more fun than the story, but then they kill the characters left and right without any reason for it. So that brings it down. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to play a game with your friends, I would say Borderlands Three is like an eight or a nine. If you want to play it by yourself, maybe get some friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't be a fucking loser and not, yeah. not have any friends or a loner or a hermit just get some friends just, just find some people get some fucking friends in you know the pandemic where people don't go outside get some fucking friends yeah i think we're done uh i guess so i don't i probably had would have more honorable mentions um, we're an hour into this and we're normally yeah no it's, it's five, fine so. we've we've rambled enough i guess yeah so yeah i think you know, um, this is the way to pick a game of the year, people. It's not the games that came out the year. It's the games that you like to play the most that year. Yeah. If you're anything like me, you probably don't play a lot of the games that came out that year on the year. So, um, yeah. Did you want to shoot any parting shots or are we done here? Uh, no. I'll be a nice person this week and not just shoot at people for no reason. Oh, wow. Is this a new year resolution or what's happening? Uh, trying something new. <laughs> like, hmm, let's try this nice thing. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I don't, I don't want to try myself. I have low expectations. so. <laughs> well, I think this is all the time we have for today. If you want to contact us and tell us your wrong picks for games of the year, um, feel free to email us at you're wrongcast at gmail.com if you're able to spell your correctly. Uh, until next time, I'm Luciano. I'm nice, Matt. Yeah, it remains to be seen, I guess. Um, yeah, just uh, feel free to have your opinions. Feel free to think of your own thoughts. Feel free to figure out your own likes just as long as you realize that you will always and forever be wrong. We'll see you next week.